Welcome to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga, a teaching ministry where believers are trained to be established in the truth of God's Word. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. Let's pray and then we'll start. Father, thank you because I'm anointed to teach. Thank you because your people are anointed to receive. And together our faith is built up in the knowledge of the person of Jesus. I pray that light and understanding, signs, wonders and miracles will take place at the teaching of your word in Jesus' mighty name. Alright, so we want to uh, build on this. And I, this is what I was trying to explain with the board um, last Wednesday. That your, this is your spirit man. Okay, so just for the sake of emphasis, say your spirit is green. This is your soul. And this is your body. Now, in your spirit, there is will, emotions. They missed out something here. What, what, what again is in your soul? Look at your notes. What's in your soul? What's in your soul? Will, emotions, and what? Mind, memory, intellect. Don't forget these things, okay? Are you here? Okay. Then your body, right? your regular sense organs. Now, uh, I did this pretty late, so I didn't get what I wanted, but these arrows are supposed to be both ways. Um, it feeds in, especially with your eyes and your ears, right? Don't mind that spelling. Your eyes and your ears, it feeds in and feeds out. What it means, the Bible says that out of the abundance of the hearth, what happens? The mouth speaks. Right. So your mouth gives out what's in your heart. Now, your spirit ought to be the most dominating factor. So the main issue here is how much control your spirit is exercising over your soul or your body is exercising over your soul. So when we talk about spiritual perception, it's more about how much of your spirit is dominant. Now, uh, let, let, let me have the other image, but then you keep this uh, behind me when, I, when I'm teaching. Let's have this other one. So it's okay there. Right? Just, just write there. Thank you. So with your spirit, you're God conscious. Your, your spirit is what relates to God. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. So your spirit relates to God. That's why when Adam sinned, the Bible says he was spiritually dead. So uh, through the sacrifice of Jesus, like we sang this evening, man came alive. All right? With your body, you relate to the world. You relate to your environment. That's why demons, pay attention, need to possess people for them to operate on the earth. Because demons don't have a body. So they need to possess people to operate on the earth. The difference between demons and the Holy Spirit is that demons can force people to be possessed, but the Holy Spirit needs you to be yielded. Are you following that? That's why if you're born again and you're not speaking in tongues, uh, you've got to be taught how to speak in tongues and you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So it has to be received. There is a yieldedness to the spirit, to spiritual things, but when it comes to demon possession, it's by force. That is why... You can only go as far as you yield to God. That is why people can reject the call of God. Like God called Noah, told him to go to Nineveh, Noah went to Tashish. See, God doesn't want to create robots. God can make you do 
anything he wants you to do, but God doesn't want to do it that way. Are you following this? God wants you to yield. Let me ask you a question. Okay, if you're not married, it's fine. You can still understand the question. Imagine you married a wife and every time she brings food to the table, say, this is your food because you married me and drops the food and walk away. You know, and does that consistently after three months of marriage. Do you think there will be a need for a conversation? Some of you don't think so. Okay, how many of you think there will be a need for a conversation? What's the conversation going to be like? Do you want to give me food just because you want me to eat? Or you're giving me food because I married you? Is that how the conversation is going to go? It's the same thing when you serve God. God wants you yielded. God will not force you to do anything. And this is very important in this study. Because regardless of what someone teaches you, it's how far you want to work with God that you would work with God. Then your soul, that's your self-conscious. That's probably how you relate to others. So for instance, if, if you hear negative things about people, you already have built something in your mind. All right? And because of that, that's how your relationship is going to be. So you must understand that every part of your body, the, 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 your, your, your spirit, soul, and body, needs different kind of food for it to be developed. Remember, we're talking about spiritual perception. Your body needs which kind of food for it to be developed? Food. <laughs> your body needs which kind of food? Physical food, balanced diet, all right, for it to be developed. Your soul will need which kind of food now? Mental food, right? Reading, renewing of the mind. Romans chapter 12, verse 11. Your spirit will need what? The word of God. Man shall not live by bread alone. Where will bread alone be? Talk to me. Where will bread alone be? Body. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every what? Word that proceeds out of what? The mouth of God. Where will the mouth of God speak to? Your spirit. So your spirit will communicate with what? With your soul. Perfect. So you don't only live by your cross soup. That's important. Because some people's life is about how much meat is in the soup. So F.F. Bosworth, the author of Christ the Healer says, people feed themselves with... How many of you like very cold food? Let me see your hands. You like very cold food. Like two days cold food. All right. How many of you like hot food? Warm food? How many of you don't eat? Because you're not raising your hand. Okay. We like warm food. We like the food to be warm, right? This is what F.F. Bosworth said. He said, people feed themselves three hot meals every day and feed their spirit one cold snack a week. How many of you know if you put all the concentration on your body by feeding your body and you neglect your spirit, you'll not be able to relate to God as much as you can. Okay, now I'll read to you Deuteronomy, let's come, down, come with me to Deuteronomy chapter 32. Um, you can put this up for me. Put up the NLT translation. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation, um, the NASB, but put up the NLT for me. From verse... 46 verse 45 when Moses had finished speaking all these words to all Israel he said to them take to your heart okay all the words with which I'm warning you today which you shall command your sons to observe carefully even all the words of this Lord verse 47 for it is not an idle word for you indeed it is your life 
And by this word you will prolong your days in the land. Let's read the NLT. It says, what's that? Deuteronomy 32 verse 46. Praise God. He says, take to heart all the words of warning I've given you today. Pass them on as command to your children so they will obey every word of these instructions. Now, go to verse 47. Verse 47 says, these instructions are not word. Let's read that loud. Everyone want to go. These instructions are not empty words. They are your life. Pause. These instructions are not empty words. They are your life. By obeying them, you will enjoy a long life in the land you would occupy. Amplified version. Amplified version. Verse 47. I want you to pay attention to something very critical this evening. It says, these instructions. It says, for, for it is not an empty and worthless trifle for you. Trifle is, you know, something not important. It says, it is your very life. You see, the very life of the Christian is the word of God. And let me tell you, nobody can obey the word for you. You have to take responsibility for your life. You know, many times when we are doing these teachings in church, we're saying certain things about spiritual growth. It's almost like, oh, pastor is doing this because he wants us to come to church. You see, while it's a blessing for you to be in church, actually, your life is your responsibility. If you don't hear God as much as you should hear God, I'm not the one that will suffer the effect of it. Are you following this? Are you with me? When Paul heard God in the midst of the storm, it preserved his life. Listen, your spiritual maturity is for the preservation of your life. Don't take any spiritual thing that you are helping the church. No, it's your very life. It's not worthless. You see, the teachings we're putting forth in this ministry are not worthless. They are your very life. That's how the Christian lives. It's like I was saying a few days ago. You know, people right now are trying to get emergency faith. Hmm? They're trying to emergency faith. Ah, how far? Hey, I believe God. I will not suffer. Hey, Jesus. Hey, you, where are your children? It's not like that. That sign alone shows you have started suffering. You are reacting. If you had been building faith, have been listening to faith, you will not have that kind of reaction. Right? Are you here? Those of you in safety, um, you do a lot of safety things here, right? What happens? Even when there is no fire incidents, you do your drills, right? And say, I mean, for serious companies. Because for some people, you just say, Alpha, is it there? No, Maka. <laughs> but you know, for serious companies, they do their drills as if there's fire. Why? When fire comes, that's not when you'll be asking, hey, where do they put the life jacket? Where? Is Nobody will have time to answer you. Your future is already coming. You should be prepared for it. It's not when the future comes, you are now running around. Oh, what will I do? No. So, one of the ways that you get ready for the future and you maximize your future is what we're teaching today. Spiritual perception. It's not every instruction God is going to speak to you in dreams, speak to you in vision. You're going to hear a loud voice. Certain major things in your life, you will just perceive and take a direction. 
There are only twice I've heard audible voice in my life. I mean, only twice. But one of them saved me. And I've shared this story here many times. I was in school and cultists were fighting. I never knew there was a major fight in school. I was in my friend's hostel. And I heard my name. I heard my name. I, it was loud. I came out of the hostel, you know, Abraka Hall then in Delso. Looked down. Nobody was calling me. You know, it was a three-story three building. I heard my name again. I went out. And in my spirit, I perceived, go to worry. I just perceived, go to worry. And I just come back home. You know, it was so strong. I just went to my, I just told my friend, oh, I came to see you. I'm going back home. He said, ah, but you just came back. I said, yeah, I need to go. So I just went to my room, packed my things, went on, uh, got on, go to the park and started, you know, heading home. While I was in vehicle, I was wondering, what will I tell my father? How can I just say I, I felt I should go? I just said, well, let me go. I got midway. And then I heard gunshots, terrible gunshots, terrible gunshots. And I got home. Our school was shut down. It was the biggest cult fight ever that ever happened in our school in, during my period in 2000. Our school was shut down for three months. Students were jumping from that upstairs down, some broke legs. You know, military were bought to close the school. So the military people were combing the forest, just combing like, and you know, they want to show that they are working. So once they catch you, and God knew I would have died before they got to me. He preserved my life. But I'm telling you that that preservation came by hearing the voice of the Spirit. When I left home, it was getting close to one year. I was with my friends one day, and I just heard, go back home. Down in my spirit. That's what brought me home. It wasn't my parents, it was nothing. Getting into full-time ministry, major things I've done have been spiritual perception. I just perceive, saved me natural things, saved me from disaster. What I'm teaching you tonight is the difference between life and death for people. And so these are not empty words. This is your very life. This is how you will navigate life. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Because people are one decision away from ruining their lives or making their lives do what? progress are you still here so we talked about spiritual perception you know in the early church that's where we stopped we we'll talked about receiving coming dangers in travels act chapter 27 verse 10 now in the old testament let's look at spiritual perception in the old testament in second kings chapter 4 verse 9 come with me second kings 4 9 second kings chapter 4 verse 9 it says she said to her husband Behold now, I perceive that this is a holy man of God passing us by continually. Right? I perceive. I perceive that this is a holy man of God. The prophet was just going. Every day the prophet will pass the street. Every day the prophet will pass the street. The woman says, I perceive this is a man of God. You see, that perception is what gave her the fruit of the womb. Did you follow that? Are you with me? Perceiving that this is a man of God is what gave her the fruit of the womb. Nothing else. She just perceived this is a man of God. Let's, let's be hospitable. Let's bless him. Let's give him. Let's minister to him. She perceived someone was a man of God. Perception. Perception. She perceived this is a man of God. Alright. You, you know, uh, you can perceive evil plans. Esther 4 1. Esther chapter 4 and verse 1. You now, if you go to Esther chapter 4 and verse 1, 
Mordecai perceived the evil plottings of Haman. Perception. Mordecai perceived the evil plottings. And you, you, you find very interestingly something happening here. Picking up those plans was what saved the Jews. You can pick things up in the spirit. You see, I was telling them in the Podako church, I said, many times what we've done with Christianity is the fact that we've just felt, you know what, um, Christianity is one of the things. You know, I go to church, I do this. So when people talk about their life, they don't, they don't feel the Christian life should affect everything they do. Let me, give a simple, let me give a typical example. Do you realize people don't think that being a Christian should affect the way they dress? I know you pretend like you didn't hear me, so I'll repeat it again. I said, do you know people don't think that being a Christian should affect the way I appear? Do you know being a Christian should affect the way you eat? No. Do you know gluttony is sin? You know gluttony is sin. Do you know being a Christian should affect the way you talk? You don't know. The Bible talks about coarse jokes and filthy words. There are jokes that a Christian should not say. Words, certain words shouldn't come out of your mouth. Do you know being a Christian affects the way you work for your boss? Say yes if you know. Yes, Do you know that being a Christian means you don't complain at work? Yes, mm-hmm. I say no. You see, you, you, can, you see that reaction. That's it. So, so you see the point now. For us, being Christians just means we come to church, we worship God. Immediately we get inside that bus and the bus driver talks to us rudely. We will give it to you. You know, you see the way we say, I will give it to him. I don't care. You see, that thing you are giving to him is the old nature. That's why you are not hearing God. You're so dumb. So, so many times, Christianity is oppressive to us. It's like, I don't really want to live this life. It's just God I'm considering. Left for me. I want to beat people. I want to kill people. I want to show them really. Because human beings are wicked. Until you are wicked, they will not respect you. And over time, we have separated our Christian profession from our Christian living. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So you hear Christians say, this is business. This is not, we are not doing church here. It's business. Man talk to man, man understand. Which man talk to man? Now, canal man and canal. Now, we laugh about these things, but this is the, this is, this is the main issue. Because the point, the point is this, if you are not actively fellowshipping with the Lord, how do you expect the Lord to speak to you when you shut him out of all aspects of your life? Then, when you want to marry, say, here am I, Lord, guide me. Right? Or you want to travel, oh, here am I. So, what we do is we shut God out of a lot of aspects of our life, and when it comes to major decisions, what are we quick to do? Call on Him to direct us. You can perceive the call of God on someone else's life. First Samuel chapter 3, verse 8. 
I hope you are learning something from these studies. Say amen if you are. Alright. Your amen is low. Say amen if you are. Alright. First Samuel chapter 3 verse 8. You know, I like you talking back. It helps, helps me to know you're following. So the Lord called Samuel again for the third time. And he arose and went to Eli. And, and he said, here am I for you called me. Then Eli discerned that the Lord was calling the boy. Eli discerned or Eli perceived. So you see, if Eli did not get that perception right... Someone's calling would have just been voided. He would have just said, if the man was not perceiving, he would have said, you know what? Go and sleep. You ate too much ram. How many times have we missed God's call in our life because we're not perceiving? Most people that God, well, let me use the word most, but a couple of people that I know that the Lord called, he called through perception. Not everybody has seen an angel. Not everybody sees fire. Just perceive it. Just perceive it. This is what we need to do. So you can perceive the call of God. Sometimes pastors perceive the call on people's life first before they perceive it. Right? So a pastor can, I can perceive there's a call on your life. But, um, you know, people run away from the call of God for several things. Uh, they run away from the call of God because of money. That's number one. Uh, people don't want to... They don't want to depend on other people's giving. They want to walk. Hmm? <laughs> So it takes a bit of humility. Alright? I'm talking about full-time ministry now. The people who work in the ministry. The other thing is people don't want to do... Uh, run, they run away from the call of God because uh, they, they've seen church and they won't, don't want to get involved with all the... Mess. The other thing is people just feel that the call of God is very restraining. So you know that if you are not a pastor and somebody offends you and is offending you one, two, three times, you can just tear the person one hot slap. There is three offense, one hot slap. You know, and you... But you know, so people just... They just want their life like that, you see. Many times, you can perceive the call of God. Or you can perceive the direction that God is leading you. See, this truth about spiritual perception, take it seriously. A lot that will happen in your life will be based on how accurate your perceptions are. Even natural things. Praise the name of the Lord. It will save you money. Even in the midst of the economic realities, spiritual perception, God can just tell you, do this, do it this way, do it this way, to save you money. Put in this application, do it right now, do this. You know, it will save you. And it's not something you go about looking for. You don't just walk around and say, I'm waiting for perception. I'm waiting for, what shall I do? No, 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 no. It's, it's part of your daily life. Praise the name of the Lord. All right. You can perceive an angel. Judges chapter 6 verse 28. Gideon perceived, you know, an angel. You can perceive an angel. You know, like the experience I gave to you. Later on, I, I realized I was an angel. The Lord used to, to call me, you know, to live for my safety. Judges chapter 6 and verse 22. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Alright. Here we are. When Gideon saw that he was an angel of the Lord, he said, Alas, O Lord God, for now I have seen the angel of the Lord's face. So, when the man came, he didn't perceive he was an angel. He perceived it later on. Perceived it later on. I have seen the Lord's face. So, you can perceive spiritual things. You know, you can perceive angels. You can perceive the move of the Spirit can perceive the flow of God's grace. 
You know, sometimes, that's why sometimes uh, when you're even leading songs, you can perceive to camp in certain songs. Just camp around that song where the grace of God is. Instead of just finishing, you know, your lines. You know, sometimes when you have 10 songs, you have 30 minutes, right? You can feel the grace of God or sense the grace of God on a particular song. What happens? You have to keep your line up. If not, the rest, everybody's going to be angry with you. We didn't, the one we really, really, really rehearsed. You did not even sing it. Hmm? Perception. Perception. To perceive things in the spirit. So you can perceive angels. You can also perceive false prophecy. <laughs> and that's why I'll tell you this. Not every prophetic word is from God. You have to learn to perceive false prophecy. And I've said this before in relation to you know, working with my dad uh, many years ago, the Lord. Now, <laughs> you know, I never, I never really, you know the story, so I'll just share a bit. I never really wanted to get involved in ministry, like do ministry and everything. But I remember the first time the Lord started speaking to me about working with my dad, I was reading a magazine um, um, by a man named Hallow White in the U.S. Some. Uh, Franklin Hall, sorry, proponent of the fasting movement, atomic uh, fasting. Yeah, he has several books on fasting, atomic power with God through fasting. There was a time in Africa that his teachings were really strong. So, he used to do. so his son was an engineer, and um, his son didn't want to work in the ministry. So after many years, the Lord called his son to start working in the ministry, to start working with the father in the ministry. So my dad used to receive his magazines. So I was reading the magazine uh, one day and I was reading that story and down on my inside, I just felt this is going to happen to you. One day you're going to work with your father in the ministry. And I rebuked it. You know, I rebuked it because I didn't want to work it out. But that's how God started putting those things in my spirit. Certain times, perceptions will come. You'll be reading something and somebody will just say, this is where you're supposed to serve. This is a, or a teaching will come and somebody will just pick up. Not everybody picks things like that. Many people read that magazine and felt nothing. Alright? So that's... And then I remember many times when I read missionary stories, it will just... It, on my inside, I'll just feel that this is how you will live. I've always known that I would not, in quote, <laughs> I'm in Nigeria, of course, but I've always known that I would not live among my people. I've always... I've always had this sensing that I would always be sent somewhere else. Maybe I read about a missionary that was called and was sent to Australia. I always had that. That I would, be, I would walk among different people from my life. So, in a way, these perceptions are, this spiritual perception is how God really leads us gradually. Just perceiving things, picking things up. Picking things up. Towards the end of the message, I'll share with you very clearly. That's why you need to keep your spirit clear to hear God all the time. The challenge is we are solely so filled. There's no space. So the spirit is dull. The soul is choked up by our body and our emotions, our life. And so we don't pick these things often. So in Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 10 to 14, praise God. Um, verse 10 to 14. Um, if you look at all this stuff that happened, verse 14 says, When I saw the affair, I rose and spoke to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of them. Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your brothers, your sons, your daughters, your wives, 
and your houses. Okay? So this false prophetic word came. And Nehemiah picked it was not from God. So why did I talk about working with my dad in ministry? I've been in meetings where people gave me prophetic word that I needed to be on my own. I remember one particular one. I was in a meeting sitting in front of the, 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 the pastor's the pastor's wife came to me and says, God is speaking to me right now. You know, um, you need to be weaned from your father. And Samuel was weaned from the mother. And God is going to use you greatly and everything and everything and everything and everything. You know, it was good. But I just perceived it wasn't from God. And interestingly, I've had, I've had my dad call me three times and say, you know what? I know God has called you. I know you're doing great things. If you feel like God wants you to work outside of this ministry, I'll be willing to bless you. I'll be willing to release you. I never took any of those offers because I know God wants me here. So what I'm trying to say is your perception also forms your conviction. They should form your conviction. Do you understand what I'm saying? So we're not saying just perceive things at tomorrow. I was perceiving this before. <laughs> but the way I'm perceiving it now, mm-mm, mm-mm. it's not about changing emotions. Are you hearing what I'm saying? If, if you perceived something a couple of years ago, it's going to still be consistent. I'm not saying the directions of God will change, but I don't want us leaving these teachings and just changing whatever we say and say, you know, I perceive this, I perceive this, I perceive this. No, 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 no. The perceptions are as strong as God speaking to you. Are you you following what I'm saying? They are valid as God speaking to you. Praise God. Now, Job chapter 9 verse 11. Job chapter 9 verse 11, NIV. Start from verse 10. Verse 10. He performs wonders that cannot be fathomed, miracles that cannot be counted. Talking about God. Verse 11. Verse 11 says, When he passes me, I cannot see him. When he goes by, I cannot perceive him. See, God, God was talking about God. He says, God passes by and I cannot perceive him. Can I tell you something? Do you know God wants to guide you? Do you know God wants to direct you? Do you know God wants to strengthen you in your inner man? You see, the voice of men should not be stronger than the voice of God in your life. The voice of circumstances should not be stronger than the voice of God in your life. The voice of whatever you're going through should not be stronger than the voice of God in your life. He says, I don't perceive him. Even though God is passing, I don't perceive him. Remember when we read about dreams, I told you about the same thing. Right? About God speaking in the visions of the night and we are not perceiving him. We have not been, we've not found ourselves strong enough in the directions of the Spirit. In the leadings of God. And child of God, I'll tell you the truth. Developing your walk with God is not only for you, it's even for those around you, for your future. And we need to give it some attention. We need to give our spiritual work some attention. We need to really give, we need to assume responsibility and not consistently live below our God-given potentials. Because the future of the things that God wants to do in and through us are tied to some of these things. Job chapter 33 and verse 14. Job chapter 33 and verse 14. The NIV again. It says, for God speaks once. For God does speak now one way, now another. Though man may not perceive it. It's like God is trying to talk, but man may not perceive it. 
I don't know if you've ever gone, to your, gone out with your parents when your parents didn't want you to eat. Have you ever? It's a very traumatic experience. If it's, if it's in this day, they would, they would say it's uh, child abuse. I'll tell you a story. Ora Roberts, Ora Roberts, many years ago, his mother, and listen to this story, they were to go somewhere, and the mother warned Ora Roberts. Ora Roberts was greatly used in the healing ministry. The, the, in fact, he had a speech problem. That's why they gave him the name Ora. He couldn't talk. He was a stammerer, but God healed him and used him miraculously. His mother told him, as we go to that house, they're going to ask us if we've eaten. She says, um, don't, get, don't take food. God is going to provide for us. So they went there. And Ora said, <laughs> he was as hungry as anything. And he asked. And he says, oh no, we're okay. We're not eating. <laughs> well, Robert says he was telling himself, God better provide. <laughs> but you know what? When they, when they went back home, they were trying to push their door. Well, it was way, way back. So it was like they had all the security. They were trying to push their door. And obviously, someone had come and put groceries, you know, passed groceries through the door. They had a lot. Ora said, pay attention. That was one of the things that formed his faith that God can provide. Can I tell you something? Your daily work, you are either proving to people that God is alive and he can work miracles. Your children, you see, your children is not the thing you're teaching them by money devotion, right? So money devotion, God provided for the children of Israel. He gave them manna. God can provide for us. Can God provide? They will answer you yes to pass exams. But you know how they are learning if God provides through your life. Hmm? When they see you, all you are doing is complaining, complaining, hissing, 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 hissing. You see, we need examples of faith. We need examples of people who believe God. Your life should be an example. You see, be determined that you will be a worthy Christian. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? Come on, church. Are you with me? Are you with me? Be, you see, be determined that this Bible will not just be book, a book. In my life, it will reflect. And put your faith to it. Trust God. Get these messages. Spend time building your spirit. You you will be glad for it. I'm telling you. You will be, you see, your life will be glad for it. And I say this with absolute humility. There's nothing economically that shakes me on the inside. Nothing. Because for years, I've built in the consciousness of the abundance of God. And that's the truth. There's nothing extra we're doing this period. There's nothing extra. We're not giving extra. We're not fasting extra. No, just normal life and seeing God works in amazing ways. Amazing ways. Take your spiritual life serious. Grow beyond where they are encouraging you to pray. Where they are encouraging you. Are you not tired? Just grow beyond it. Let your life be an example. Let people look up and say, you know what? This sister's life guides me. 
And I'm not talking about just doing it this month for the rest of your life. Can you say amen? amen? So how do we cultivate spiritual perception? Now we've talked about spiritual perception. How do we cultivate it? The first thing is to know that you can hear God's voice. John 10, 27. My sheep hears my voice. You can hear God. You can hear God. You can hear God. Proverbs 20, verse 12. You can put that up. Let's look at that together. Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 12. It says, The hearing ear and the seeing eye, the Lord has made both of them. Hearing ears and seeing eyes. Don't be a Christian who doesn't hear God and who cannot see things. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. You know, the Bible says, Dear ears, why should we actually develop this issue of spiritual perception? Why should we be big on it? Why is it important that our hearing ears and our seeing eyes should be functional? You know why? Because the Bible says, there is a way that does what? Proverbs 14, 12. Let's read that together. Proverbs chapter 14, verse 12. It says, there is a way which seems right to a person. Right? Look at this. What does the Bible tell us about that way? Eh? The way of what? But did that way start out with death? How did it start out? Seems right. Seems right would mean what? You checked everything and it was what? It was correct. But it's leading to death. Is that not what we read in the book of Acts chapter 27? They said when the condition was okay. You see, your rational brain can only think this far. So that you don't plunge into a way that seems right. There are many things that seems right, but the end of that way is death. I'll tell you a story. True life story. My stories are matching Pastor Mary's story now. She has more stories than me. But that one, God didn't, that one, I think God had mercy on us. But we prayed a prayer. It's called the prayer of consecration. When I started out with that, you know, in ministry and everything. So, even way back before Facebook became very common, a pastor, an apostle in the Bahamas, uh, got a hold, I don't know how we even got to contact. So, I started helping him. I'll do some stuff for him. You know, I'll share ministry ideas with him. Great apostle. He sent us some money then. He sent us a couple of dollars, a couple of times. It was just a blessing. Then he said, I want you to come to the Bahamas and I want you to take over our church and be my resident pastor. <laughs> this was not the days of people japaing, eh? It was good. Did we really pray about it? Not necessarily. It was just a good offer. I mean, I was in ministry working with my dad. There was no salary. Things were tough. And here, an apostle in Bahamas calling me. They had a church. I should come and be the resident pastor of the church. He was working out the papers myself and my wife. He was close to 
to Dr. Miles Monroe. He had worked with Dr. Miles Monroe at a point. So he just told me, he said, there will be no, no problem with these papers. We'll go to the states. Um, of course, Bahama is an island, so it wasn't like a very big country. We'll go to the government, collect um, unemployment. It was, I was going to resume a job, so it wasn't like just come. So all I needed here was to get my police extract. I tra- that was the first time I went to Lagos, this is their Lagbon or something, where they had their main police this thing. Collected all my extra, collected everything, you know, sent everything, filled in the application. But at a point, and that's something I absolutely, absolutely respect my wife for. We've never made any decision in our life in over 15 years of marriage that would benefit us but the kingdom of God. And I say this with absolute humility. We've never taken a decision for our benefit, not even for the benefit of our children. Every decision we've taken, we've put the kingdom of God first. So finally, we just said, well, let's pray about this thing. If God wants us in Bahamas, they should approve the paper. If he doesn't want us, we'll stay here. How many of you know that's a dangerous prayer to pray? Talk to me. Now, when I'm explaining the story now, how, how many of you feel the prayer point you would have prayed? How many of you know which kind of prayer points did you have prayed? Can someone tell me? Favor. Speed. Release angels from the north, from the east, from the west. Guess what? With his connections, with all the application, they denied the application. Did we feel bad? No. Didn't feel bad. Why? I prayed the prayer of consecration. Okay. Ten years down the line. Hmm? I'm here. So you guys cost me my Bahamas dream. <laughs> but 10 years down the line, we're here, changing lives, transforming lives, preached in 19 nations of the world, touched lives, reached out to people. 10 years down the line, that church is closed. There is no church today. Guy is working somewhere, his wife owns a bakery. I mean, there is no church. There is no member, there is no church. That's how you now see that man of God is working in a factory <laughs> in Bahamas. And I'll just be doing Facebook Live. Pray with me. Pray. Ministry will just be online. Replace 10 years in Bahamas. Probably I'll be helping the, the Samaria likes baking. Probably Samaria would have been baking, helping the wife, and I'll be helping the man. Ministry, gone. Preaching in 19 nations of the world, gone. Writing books, gone. Dear Timothy, gone. Spirit and truth, gone. Right? Girls and guys, gone. FROC, thank you, my sister. FROC, gone. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Some of you who, at least God has helped us to help you to, to see forward a little bit, gone. What we'll be doing? By now, I'll be mixing baking pan and supplying baking pan. Well, it seems right. But what's the end? That means no life. Child of God, be careful of the decisions you take. And you know why we are so confident in the decisions we take? It's because we don't take selfish decisions. When the Lord asked us to come to Bonnie here, spoke to Pastor Mary about it, she had a daycare. We had two staff working with us. We had some kids in the daycare. I was to start a school. 
and God says, give everything away and come here empty-handed. We had a car, we gave it out. We aren't looking at ourselves. Why am I saying all of this? Many times we want to hear what we want to hear. We don't want to hear what God wants to say. So they say, this opportunity has opened. Say, Lord, Lord, I know you will never fail. You are already telling him. Do you understand what I'm saying? Listen to me. What I'm teaching you tonight might look not like the, com- um, the common teaching. But this is what Christianity is. Christianity is that when a man has a choice, he presents it before God and says, God, no matter how good this choice is, if it is not from you, I will walk away from it and not feel bad. The, the day we were to start Podako Church, lying on the bed, I just prayed. I said, God, if this one is an ambition to just spread the church, if this is not from you, I'm ready to walk away from it. You see, why am I giving you all these stories? I can only tell you about my life. Spiritual perception, developing yourself, creating yourself means that even when things seem right, you're telling God, if this is not you, I'm fine. You see, you now put your spirit in a place to hear God. It's like somebody comes to you for counseling. And it's sad today as a pastor, and I have to say this, it's sad today that when people come to us as pastors today, they don't come because they need counseling. People come with information. People come to just tell you what they want to do. Oh, pastor, this is it, this is it, this is it. Uh, I just say, let me tell you. Of course, it's information. I'll absorb it. I'll pray for you. It's the same way we go to God. Father, it's our year of focus and increase. Two shoes, one biro, one iPod. These are my symptoms of increase. Do it, Lord. Right? If we look at our lives right now, it's not about what God wants. Really, it's about what we want. But I can tell you this. God's plan is always blessed. As a friend of mine from the U.S. was talking to me. And he says... There's something they opened up in Canada for religious people, you know, as you travel a lot, if you can just, you know, be in Canada a couple of years, bah, you have this second passport, everything coming to Africa will not be a problem. Just go, you can do meetings. He said, what do you say? Say, I'm not considering it. You know why? Immediately you start considering certain things, you are forcing God to talk in certain directions. I'm not saying you can't make plans for your life. Please bear with understand what I'm saying. I'm just saying that the believer is open to the directions of God. That is how you develop your spiritual perceptions. It's not that your life is already made up of. You, you've already made up your life. Hmm? You've already made up your life. You've already designed, you have designed the road. All you are just looking for is stamp. No. You're open to God. You're open to the speakings of God, the directions of God. And so your soul has to be pure. You have to come to God with an open motive. The truth of the matter is that come to God with the possibility that God can tell you no. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Hey, hey, hey. Are you hearing what I'm saying? God can say, that plan is good, but it's not for you. That's why this teaching, everybody, it concerns everybody. Because you see, 
we all have our unique plan. A path that seems right to me might not be like that for you. It might be the right path. There are people who God call out of this country, send them out, and you're doing very well. But imagine if God did not help us. I'm just thinking, if God did not help us. Because you don't really know the future. Hmm? That is why, regardless of all the things we teach you in marriage, we're going to teach you in the marriage academy and everything, listen to God. And don't just listen to God at that point. Hmm? Let your heart be open. And usually, it's better, it's better, it's better. If that is not the main thing you are trying to listen to God for, it's better to just have a walk. You know, I, I just say, you know, uh, with myself and pastor, before, you know, I asked that, um, you know, for marriage. If, I mean, just on my inside, just popped up in, on my inside, just came up on my inside, just perceived. There was no, um, it wasn't like I was praying about it. Ah, God, is the time. Father, is the time. You see, desperation will make you make mistakes. When you are desperate to hear voices, you will hear. The spirit realm has a lot of voices that wants to confuse you. That's why most times, and I say this all the time and I teach it all the time, when you are seeking the face of God for something, don't be in a hurry. He that believes will not make haste. But Hagen will say, God's will yesterday is still God's will today. It will still be God's will tomorrow. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This one, you go and drive fasting to force God to speak. You are not eating. Do, do, are you hearing what I'm saying? You will hear things. Oh. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Seek God. Just fellowship with God. Just fellowship with God. Right? If you have fellowship, communication will flow. My, my, my wife, Pasmiri, obviously talks to the kids more than I do. Right? So, when maybe she's going to pick them, they'll tell her a lot of stories from school, a lot of stories, this will happen, especially my daughter. If I go and pick them, of course, I mean, I ask them, how was school today? Say fine. Right? Then maybe my son will just say, I've done my text, or I'm doing this. I'm, I mean, it just, it just gives me one, two information. I just wrote my exams. I, I did well. I said, okay, fine. fine go. Because the truth of the matter is that if I'm not going to ask him, you know, the mother will ask him, you know, how was school today? Hope the sun was not too hot. Uh, did your cardigan put... Uh, I mean, it makes sense that I should not expect... Um, more information. Sometimes I'm the one that go, goes to school to pick them. Then I finish picking them. Then in the evening, the mom is telling me, oh, they need to do this. I'm like, oh, but they were in the car with me. They didn't tell me. Because I didn't ask. If you won't, won't bother God, God won't bother you. <laughs> Draw near to me and I will do what? You determine how far you are close to God. Oh, Father, I just want to be close to you. I just want to be close to you. It's not in church off the TV and be close to God. Go off TikTok and be close to God. Here, you are not close to God. I'm teaching you. I'm talking. You are close to God, but I'm talking. <laughs> when you finish here, from here, as you are eating your eba and your okra soup and watching TV, don't log off. Communication is relationship. Are you hearing what I'm telling you? So, spiritual perception is not magic. You close your Bible. You don't listen to message. You don't do anything. And say, Lord, speak. Your servant is hearing. God will say, who? 
servant. Are you following? So let me tell you this, right? Listen to me, and this is from my heart to you. There is no magic to spiritual growth than daily practice. No magic. How do I have confidence to lay hands on the sick? Daily practice. Daily spiritual growth. Are you hearing what I'm saying? How do I have confidence that God will provide daily work with God as saying God provide? Alright. So let me give you this point quickly. Are you, are you here? Are you learning something? Say amen if you are. Alright. Mm-hmm. This is good. Okay. Proverbs 14.12. Amplified version. Let to read that. Are you there? Right. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Let's read it together. One to go. Loud and clear. There is a way which seems right to a man. I, I like this. And does what? Appears straight before him. But at the end of it, it is the way of death. That appears straight. You have looked at your life. 2026. God says that's the way of death. It appears. So the issue here is appearance will be more of your logic, your senses. Right? But it's your inward man that would give you the right direction. Do you know that you can have a job offer? Right? I know people don't like to hear these things today. But you know you can have a job offer with a higher salary and God says don't take it. Church of the living God. (laughs) The people here don't agree. Do you think it's true? That you can have a higher job offer and God says don't take it. Hmm? You know why we are struggling with it? You can see that your soul Right? No, I'm, and I'm honest here. You, you see your soul is struggling. Your spirit agrees. Right? That is the truth. But you know why the answer is finding it difficult to come from your mouth? Your soul is calculating. It cannot be. It's a God of promotion. It's Esha. You see, the challenge is this. Now listen carefully. Put up my picture for me again. The soul spirit's picture. Put, up, put it up. Let me show you something. What's happening is this. Expand this if you can. What's happening is this. Right? I just give thank you. I just give you an information now. Your spirit has it as green light. It's true. What's happening now is that if your soul is subjected to your spirit, you won't have a problem with that. But if your soul has been fed from the outside world, more money means more money means this. You look at the natural condition, you look at everything, and it is because you only feel that God's promotion must come with more money. You don't see the possibility of, even though my natural company is paying me less money, God has many ways to provide. That truth has not dawned on you. So if you let that truth settle in your spirit, and information like this, your spirit will just agree with it. It's like a pastor. If a pastor has not renewed his mind, he will think the less congregation he has, the less money he should have. Why? Because he always will calculate the number of people sitting in front of him with the amount of money that should come into the ministry. Meanwhile, if your mind is renewed, you will know that God will give you money for the assignment regardless of the number of people that are sitting in front of you. So, panel of judges, <laughs> with this few points of mine, have I been able to convince you that if you have a higher job offer and a lower job offer, God can tell you don't move. Okay, I have not been able to convince some people. Because the truth of the matter is that way may appear right. But it's not. Good news. Let's read Good News translation. Good news. Good news. 
Proverbs 14.12. Good news if you can. Good news if you can. Look at this. What you think is the right road may lead to death. Think. Where does your thought happen? Which dimension do you talk about? Soul. Why are you thinking this is the right road? I gave you my example with Bahamas. Why are you thinking it's the right road? It's more developed. Foreign currency. You can say you are ministering from abroad. You understand? When you are coming to preach in Portacos, say Maxwell, Ugaka, Bahamas Island. You know, it's, 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 more, it's more loaded than saying Bonny Island. You understand what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, it just crossed my mind that Bahamas and Bonny share the same. So probably this is the island God, that God wanted us. <laughs> you know, it just crossed my mind now. Maybe this is the real island God wanted us, of course. And the enemy quickly... Good intentions might not be God intentions. It might not be the devil. Why many people miss God is not even evil. It's good things. It's just good things. It's just good things. Some of us are not suffering. It's our excessive want of good things that are leading us astray. You just, you just want more. You just want more. You, there are, you see, this more we come. I was telling Pastor, you know, today, in, I was saying, I've been meditating on Matthew 6. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. These things will be added to you. God didn't say he will take them away. He said they will be added. What are the things? I've been meditating on that scripture. That this year, God will add things to us. I can share this as a matter of fact to the glory of God that as a ministry starting this year has been one of our most fantastic years. Why? Because God says he will add to us. So you meditate on the word of God, right? What you think is the right. So we also must be careful not to develop our thinking at the expense of our spirit. Brother Hagin said the Lord appeared to him and says, if my people will listen to the Holy Spirit on the inside of them, I'll make them rich. I don't want, it's not like I don't want my people rich. I just don't want them covetous. The Lord told Brother Hagin before the economic crisis um, in the U.S. He says, lay off a couple of staff. Stop crusade here. Do this here because an economic crisis is coming and you will overtake. You will, you will try during that period. Listening on the inside of you. Developing your spirit, man. You can't spend all your days in the flesh and expect to grow in the spirit. You can't spend all your days in fleshly conversation, fleshly things and expect to grow in the things of the spirit. Ephesians 4.23, Amplified Version. We're going to use the Amplified Version. And be constantly renewed. What did he say? I didn't hear that word. What did he say? Be constantly renewed in the spirit of your what? Of your mind. Having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. This is the key to developing perception. A constant renewing of the mind. Having a fresh mental and spiritual attitude. Feed on spiritual things. What do you enjoy in carnality? If friend of mine wrote something, today our jokes are lewd. If it's not sexual, it's not a joke. If it's not about a woman's body part, it's not comedy. We laugh at these things, but they are deadening our mindsets. How did we raise a society that became so covetous? What we put out there? Let me tell you, the things you read, the things you listen to, the people you talk with are affecting your life more than you can ever tell. And you have to watch that. You have to put a stop to it because this is life and death for you. 
It's not just, this is your life. If you're going to walk in the fullness of God's plan for your life this year, you've got to take this message seriously. Renewed in the spirit of your mind, which means that every day you renew your mind. You're not going about saying, God speak to me, God speak to me. No, daily you're just renewing your mind. And in moments you least expect, God will drop a thought in your heart. You might just be going somewhere, God put something in your heart. And this thing, lazy people can't do it. Because you know what? Have you asked yourself this question? Why are you always subject to your feelings? Because your spirit and your soul have not been renewed. Do you know what the prophet said? He said, even if the fig tree does not blossom, eh? and even if the vine does not produce, what did he say he would do? He says, I will rejoice. Huh? Do you know Paul was writing in Philippians? From prison. He was in prison. He wrote to people outside. He says, rejoice again. I say, do what? Rejoice. That man has renewed his mind. This is the time and the season where our spirits must supersede our flesh. Our emotions. So you have to renew your mind. I remember during the last elections, somebody put up something that was quite funny, but it was truth. He says, I would have told you to vote your conscience. He says, but I don't trust your conscience. So vote this person. See, because if your conscience had been fed certain information, he would look, you know, the scripture says in the book of Bazaar, he says, what to those who call evil good? That means a man can so receive evil that he calls evil good. So you can't trust that person. So how do you trust the speakings of God on your inside is when you are exposed to the word of God. You expose your mind to the word of God. You expose your spirit to the word of God. Right? I was telling pastor, I said, things, you know, economically, I mean, we can't deny that. Things are, you know, shaky. So I was telling him something. I said, you know, I decided, it just kind of felt it in my spirit. So I decided, I told her, I said, from now to the end of the year, every single day when I get up, after my morning devotion, I'm going to meditate on abundance and supplies of God. So one of the things I did, you know, I got a material. Then I got hundred scriptures on abundance. Hundred scriptures on provisions on abundance. You know, I have them in my phone. So every day I'm meditating on a scripture. You, you, it's not by, it's not by strong will. I will not suffer. I will not suffer. I will not suffer. Before you know, the little strength you have will go. It's not like that. You feed your spirit. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And before you know, your spirit will create circumstances around you that will bring provision. It's, what I'm teaching you is what I do. If I don't do it, it won't work. It's not that he said preachers are blessed. He that doeth these sayings of mine. It's not he that preacheth it. It's he that does the sayings that built his house on the rock. What steps are you taking? You know, some people have already thought on cutting down their giving. <laughs> that, you know, that's a mind that's not renewed. Because naturally you've already said we are going down so you've made plans to accommodate you're not expecting increase well let's leave that i'm not talking about that all right one more uh, two more scriptures jude 1 let's read that jude 1 19 to 20 amplified you have to fellowship with the spirit of god jude chapter 1 create an atmosphere where god can speak to you right not every time the tv is on and uh What's these people now? Telemundo people. Which country are they from now? 
Philippines. Mexicans. Tell me, I know, I know. Just tell me, where are they from? Mexicans. Yeah? They're just talking, 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 talking. Even when you are going to sleep, you say, off the TV, say, is it disturbing you? Say, lower the volume. Create space for God to talk to you. Some of us don't understand solitude. Be still and know that I'm God. Mm-mm. We are not. If we are not doing anything, anxiety comes up. And you see the funny thing? If I say, let's practice stillness now, that's when you know people cannot be still. If I just say, okay, everybody, drop your phone. Drop everything. Just sit down. Alright? And for the next two minutes, don't talk. That's why some of you, some of you will feel mosquitoes that are not existent. Before you know, you start slapping yourself. It's, like, it's the anxiety of your soul creating external distraction. Before you know, what is on... <laughs> What is in your soul will start leading your imagination. Say that's how they care quiet in one thing like that. Then something now blue. Then the whole world now collapse. Before you know, you're already shouting, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You've created imagery. Why? You be, be still and know that I'm God. There is a stillness we need to practice. Our world is too busy. Our world is too busy. You are meditating on scripture. You have gone to WhatsApp. Say you want to check if there's message. Why not focus on what you're doing? You are praying. Your WhatsApp is on. You're praying. TV is on. Some of you are praying. You are checking scores. Father, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, Jesse must not lose today. You have downloaded the app. You are checking scores. What is your problem? Distraction. Huh? Once you're, you are always distracted. Once you are praying, five minutes, your mind has started going everywhere. Ah, I did not pay the Ogono woman. Oh, hey, Jesus. I hope let her not. I mean, your mind is scattered. You, if you were God, would you answer your prayers? Scattered. And let me tell you, you know, the Lord told Brother Kitmo one time. He was in a meeting and they were teaching. And he was like, ah, they are taking time. So the Lord asked him, when you live here now, what are you going to do? Hmm? Let's be honest. As every one of us live here now, what are we going to do? <laughs> exactly. Before you know, the whole of the night will be taken up with what? Natural activities, work activities, sleep. This thing. When do you create time to develop your spirit for the things God wants to speak to you? Ah, let's pray. Ah, this prayer said it's too long. Ah, two hours. What are we even praying? If the pastor has power, he on that one minute there is one papa that wants to speak once this will happen. I don't. I'm not papa. That's not my assignment. My assignment is not to speak once things will happen. My assignment is to teach you God's word. Why, why, why can't you be Papa? <laughs> do, you think if, do you think if we were to change roles, I would not mind sitting down and you are, you are Papa. Tomorrow now I'm on the boat going to Portaco to teach again. Then I'll come back on Sunday and teach here. I could just sit down. Walk, walk in one company, wear coverall and helmet, and you be Papa. Just speak over my life. Let me make money. Why are you running away from your spiritual assignments and putting burden on me? Say you are not anointed. That's your problem. People don't anoint themselves. You see, and we have raised a generation. This is the problem. We've raised a generation that now expect pastors to do their work. As opposed to what? My sheep hears my voice. If I want to prophesy over all of you right now. See, all of you have unique parts. God has a plan. It's unique to you. My children, God has a unique plan for their lives. My wife, God has a unique plan for her life. Every one of you, you have to learn to be confident in that plan. I'm confident in what I do because I know this God's plan for me. 
No doubt about it. No, there's no iota of doubt about it. Alright, let's read this quickly. Jude 1.19 It is these who are agitators, setting up distinctions and causing divisions. Merely sensual creatures, carnal, worldly minded people. Look at how it describes them. Worldly minded, carnal creatures, devoid of the Holy Spirit and destitute of any higher spiritual life. See, this, this is a category of people that is describing. Worldly minded. Worldly minded. You come to church, they are singing. Oh, you know, singing such awesome songs you are singing tonight. Oh, we lift your name. Jehovah Jerry doesn't move you. Once you hear, bang, 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 Makosa everywhere, scatter, carry chair, hey, raise something here, carry, you just do very sensual. Ah, we don't dance in this church. What is the dance? We are not shaking our waist. Because we've come to a place where you even hear someone might come on pulpit and say, twerk for the Lord. I say, twerk for the Lord, twerk, 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 come on, twerk for the Lord. And I'm telling you, if anybody tries it, you will soon see people come and start twerking. You will just see people come. They won't see anything wrong with that. I just like that church. Ah, I just, they are not religious. Because our definition of religious is being, is being carnal and worldly minded. That's why immediately you start practicing Christianity. People say, what you own is too much. What you own is too much. Because for us, it's how much of the world can we embrace and still follow God. And don't forget, we are laying a foundation for our children. You see, if we hand over this thing called Christianity to our children, we'll be amazed at what they will do. You know, in those days, people, I mean, there's older people here, when you went to church in the morning or in the evening, or whatever time you went to church, right? People will just go to the corner of their seat, be praying, be praying for the service. Pray that God should speak to them. Hmm? Today. Eh? I said this one to start. Somebody has picked from. He's telling God, though. it's not me because there's nobody here. <laughs> you just raise hand to God before the service. Excuse me, excuse me. Eh, hey, how far? How far? Discussion has started. Prayer is going on. You can be praying today and people just, you know, today we have to tell people pray. Close your eyes and pray. Because people can be distracted. So many can pray now. Before you know, they are just minding their finger. They are funny. Their mind is gone. They are. That's why I'll tell you, if I ask you what you prayed in January, some of you have no idea because your mind was not even in that prayer. Sensual. You can't develop spiritual perception if you're sensual. Hmm? I was telling the story of um, the vehicle I entered and I was going to <laughs> just put it up on Facebook. Alright? The man was playing very nice worship song. Very nice worship song. Very nice worship song. And I was going to the altar state to preach on Saturday. Say, ah. So I just thought, ah, for the first time in my life, I've entered the driver of a, the vehicle of a Christian driver. Don't know that I was deceived. As we're getting to the end, I started hearing music. So I asked him, is it not so we did a starter? <laughs> and some of you are like that. Open your phone now. Playlist, you song. Then there's Buna Boy, Davido, Whiskey, right? Balance it. When you are not in the mood, when the things we are preaching does not make sense, after you have sown your 1,000 refer, you don't leave, I believe this soul, there's a way it enters my soul. You off your this thing and start releasing depression into your spirit. There are things you should not listen to. There are things you should not watch. Listen, it's not about whether someone will see you. It's not about whether someone will know. It's for your future. So that in the day of adversity, your soul is not so clogged that you cannot hear God. 
See, one instruction from God, cast your net on the right side, can open up doors. You least imagine. Consider this thing for your life. It's your life. Praise God. It's your life. We're not saying so, this one will make Pastor Richard. No. Sit down and say, this is my life. How do I want it? Hallelujah. Alright. So, next verse. But you beloved. So he separates them, right? It talks about two classes of people. Go back home and meditate on it. Jude 1, 19. Thank you very much. He says, it is those who are agitators, setting up distinctions, causing divisions, many sensual creatures, carnal, worldly minded, devoid of the Holy Spirit, destitute of a higher spiritual life. That's what you should pursue. A higher spiritual life. Look at what it says. It says, but you beloved. But you beloved. I want to, I want to, um, I don't have the time, but I want to teach you this scripture. When we read Jude 20, it's not just a scripture that stands alone. It now says, but you, beloved, build yourself up, founded on your most holy faith. Make progress, rise like an edifice, higher and higher, praying in the Holy Spirit. So when we pray in tongues, or when we pray in the Spirit, we're building ourselves up. We are refusing to be carnal. We are, are you hearing what I'm saying? It, it puts here, when it says, but you beloved, build yourself up. Why some people are sensual? Why some people are carnal? says, don't be like that. So one of the things, one of the things you, you can do, fellowship with God, minister to Him, put worship songs, and just pray in the Spirit. You're not praying for anything. You're, you're fellowshipping with the Lord. Listen to teachings. Listen to teachings. John 6, 63, the words I speak to you, they are spirit and life. You see, as you are listening to a teaching, what will happen? Words will come. Perceptions will come. Load your phone with messages. Keep listening. Keep feeding your spirit. The word of God will make a way for you. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 13, it talks about when they heard the word from us, they received it as the word from God. And what? And it works in those who effectively believe. Put the amplified version back up from Jude chapter 1. Right? Look at this. It says, But you beloved. Tell your neighbor, But you beloved. Say it, say it like you mean it. Say, But you beloved. Build yourself up. Make spiritual progress. Look at what it says. It says, Like an edifice, higher and higher. Praying in the Holy Spirit. There are higher realms of life. I say, There are higher realms of life. There are greater things God wants to do through you. Don't be carnal. Don't be sensual. Hmm? There are jokes you should not watch anymore. Some of you tonight, this is a word of knowledge for you. Go and clean up your phone. Hmm? Just go and clean them up. Because it's the enemy setting up traps for your soul. The things you should not watch. The things you should not set before your eyes. What are you doing? Stuffing your soul with what will not make you progress. And I feel this strongly as a word of knowledge here. So if you go back tonight, clean your phones. Clean your phones up. Right? The conversations that should stop. The things that should cease. Your future is depending on this. Hmm? Unfollow some channels. Unfollow some people. Unfollow critics, people who insult. Those things do something to your soul. Hmm? Our greatest undoing in this generation is social media. It's a blessed platform on some places, in some places, 
and to manage it. Your friends, spiritual friends. Hallelujah. Are you blessed? Let's pray. Father, thank you. I ask Lord Jesus Christ that you would take this message and speak to the depth of our soul. And Lord, that we would leave here transformed, changed. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. All right. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Word Connect with Pastor Maxwell Ogaga. We encourage you to share this message with your friends and loved ones. For more information and free downloads, please visit www.thepastormax.ng. We would like to hear from you. Send us an email, info at pastormax.ng. Or you can call 0805-888-7575. God bless you.